Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the new documentary film, Ride Till I Die, we follow the man from Davie, Florida, Ricky Ringer. Ricky comes from a troubled past. His father walked out on his family when he was very young, and Ricky was on his own by the age of 15. But he had already found his solace in life, and that was bull riding. The eight-second duel of man versus beast was his emancipation, and Ricky, early on, was successful. He was earning money, he was making his way in the world, and he joined the pro circuit. Despite all of his success, Ricky could never quite get to the point that he really craved, and that was a championship. This film is about his journey, not only in the bullring, but in life. Terrific documentary film. We're joined today by the director, Tony Ramos. Tony, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I will say at the outset that uh, having watched a little bit of rodeo riding, bull riding on ESPN now and then, and just kind of kind of fascinating to watch how it works and how dangerous it is. But this film is much more than that. It's a deeper dive into the to the world of Ricky Ringer, but also into the culture, into into his family life. Uh, tell me a little bit about why Ricky. How did he cross into your life? Well, um, I was uh, just watching uh, a professional bull riders event back home, and I, I got fascinated by it right away because, like you, I thought these guys were crazy. There would always be a good story with one of these individuals. So I reached out to an association in Florida, and they, uh, they passed me on to a rodeo producer. Her name is Cynthia, and she's in the film as well. And when I talked to her, she says, you, uh, you want to do a story? I said, yeah, I just want to do a like a short feature or a doc on a bull rider and, and their life. Sorry. And she just said, I have the perfect person for you. So she led me to Ricky. I didn't ask. She just gave him to me. I, I knew nothing about him. I didn't know if he had a good story or I didn't know if he'd be a good subject. But as the years went by and he got more comfortable and then his story evolved, he turned out to be the perfect uh, subject. What do you think she sees in Ricky that she thought would be a great subject for you? Yeah, they've been friends for a long time. And I think she realized that he's been doing it for almost 25 years. And he has such a, I guess you could say a tumultuous life he's had. There's so many ups and downs, such as like a roller coaster. And I think she figured he'd be the best subject because of he having so many years experience and being around the block and from all the highs and lows and, you know, near the end of his career, he'd be the one who would best cover the subject. Were you aware from the outset, either from your conversation with Cynthia or from your first conversation with Ricky, about the, the things that uh, were are so compelling in the film about the, his world outside of bull riding? When did that become something that it's such an important part of the film and it's such an enriching part of the film? But when did that become evident to you, whether whether it was this, the conversation with Cynthia or on your own? Oh, with Ricky, it, it came immediately when I started talking to him, because when he told me about how he grew up uh, without his father and how his parents didn't improve, uh, he wanted to go into bull riding at a young age. So he did that when he was 15. And I found it very interesting that his son followed exactly in his footsteps, started when he was 15 as well. The difference was uh, little Ricky had the support of Ricky, whereas Ricky didn't have the support um, from his mother, who 
turns out later in the film admits that she was wrong and she regretted everything. She wished she supported him. And the fact that he didn't grow up without a father and he was out on his own and just showed that he was someone who was determined to chase a dream. And I found that very compelling. And also because of his son following in his footsteps, I thought it was very important to touch on his family. Yeah, that story about his father is heart-wrenching and troubling and so many different levels. And that's the context that you see Ricky in this. I don't want to psychoanalyze Ricky too much, but this desire to prove himself, I have a sense that it might be rooted to some degree in the relationship that he did not have with his father. I think he wanted to be the dad that he never had to little Ricky. So I think it was important to him. The story took a turn when you saw later how little Ricky wasn't talking to him, how he moved out on his own. And so it was kind of like, well, this is kind of what you did. So now I find it interesting. He's following in that same path. Are you a little worried about that? And that's when he said, not at all, because he has my support, whereas my parents didn't have, they never supported me. In the rodeo world, I don't think there was anything for him to prove really, but I think it was more pride because we started following him. So I think he felt determined to chase and chase and show that, hey, look, I can still do this when really his body was letting him down. So I think that's what made the story so good, too, is just yeah. trying and trying when people are telling him, you got to stop. You're just you're too old. Like, I mean, he was 39 when we started following him and he was riding till 42. And that's very old for bull riding. So for him to do it that long is quite, you know, extraordinary. But at the same time, I just think Ricky didn't know when to quit. And I think us coming on board didn't help out. But then once his body started breaking down, that's when he realized, you know what, maybe I should uh, I should give it a rest, you know. So it was, it was good timing on our part because that's what we I purposely went for his last professional event in, in Estero. You see it in the film. Yeah. So kind of like a good, you know, good ending to the story. Let, I want to talk about the world of bull riding and and just sort of how intense it is and how determined the people who are in it, who this dedication they have to it and the love of it. It's the danger, I believe. It's, there's a lot of different things. But I want to make an observation about uh, Ricky Ringer it's, to give the film, I think, a little context for people outside of the who would, may or may not be interested in, in bull riding. In some ways, he reminds me of Crash Davis from Bull Durham. I mean, there, there's a sense of that, the the idea of he just the love of what he does hanging on for too long maybe too yeah a little bit of that i mean i feel like if this this is a nonfiction version of 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 bull durham of crash davis's life and we love those people and i i mean you can't help but really feel an attraction to what ricky is about and who he is and all the things that he's you know been through so is that fair? Am I being fair or unfair to this? <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean, uh, many people who watched the film um, had no idea about the subjects. They came up to me and they just said, man, we really love that Ricky guy. Yeah. And I said, oh, how come? He goes, because he's very true and honest. Yeah. Comes across. And he really is. He's really a guy where he says, if he'll meet you there, he'll meet you there. Right. Like he'll never he'll he'll always stand by his word. He's wanted like he's just old school as it gets. He's a man of his word. And he comes across as very honest and truthful in the film. And because I've had people come up to me and said, we, we really liked him and they were pulling for him at the end. They thought maybe he had one last shot to, to win that event. And they were all pulling and they felt so sad when he got bucked off because they're like, 
we 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 got uh, drawn into Ricky's character because he just comes across as such a honest guy. Yeah. We're speaking with Tony Ramos. He is the director and producer of the documentary film Ride Till I Die. It will be available on uh, Friday, April 8th on uh, iTunes. It's you can it's available to be ordered pre-ordered right now and a number of other platforms as well. Do I have that right, Tony? It'll be on. Yeah, and those will all be listed either the day before or the day of. Um, it'll be on my social media pages and my, and my website. Right. Well, ridetilldiefilm.com is yep. a good place to go for that as well. Yep. Um, let's talk about bull riding. I mean, in terms of just uh, its import in the world of, how would you classify these uh, sport of rodeo sports? Is that an appropriate way to put it? Uh, I, I prefer to call bull riding a gathering of crazy lunatics. <laughs> and you wouldn't be too far off the truth if you were to say that. Yes. You, should, you shouldn't ask me about bull riding because I don't know much about it. And the funny thing is, for some reason, I like to dive into projects where I don't know much about. Um, I think that gives me that sense of, you know, doing more research or trying harder to understand. So, um, I, well, I, yeah, in that sense I, of discovery, I, that's that sense yeah. of discovery. A lot yeah, of I learned on, I learned on the way too, you know, cause yeah. there's, learn i was like oh man i don't understand half this stuff right so but it was good because i kept asking questions and i kept attending the rodeos and i felt like i was learning and i was trying to explain as much as i could to the viewer the only the issue was people were still wondering asking certain questions and i said i couldn't cover everything because the film would go off course and it'd be a three-hour yeah. you know, <laughs> braveheart epic not so epic film <laughs> so um, I couldn't explain everything about Brian because there's so much to explain, right? So I just covered the basics right. while following Ricky's story. So, I mean, I learned on the way, but I didn't know much about it or the culture or anything until I got there. Right. Well, I wasn't intending on a discourse on pole riding so much as okay. I was to say the world of. And, and just the other part of it is just the very, very basics. And correct me if I'm wrong about any of this is basically the idea is to ride a bull as long as you can to make it to at least eight seconds in your ride, then that essentially qualifies you hopefully for another round of bull riding. And there is some scoring system involved and all there's a lot of other things going on. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's a testament to the person who's riding the bull, just how much pain can you absorb and, and stay on top of this, what, 2000 pound bucking, mm. bronking, mm. whatever they call it, yeah. animal yeah. who's determined to throw you off of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, um, it's eight seconds and with one hand only. And you just got to be, you just got to have a hand on the bull. If you remember that ride with Ernie where he's swinging around in slow, that was one of our favorite shots. I mean, that just, that came out so perfect. He was literally still on the ride because he was still hanging on with one arm. Like your second hand cannot touch at all, right? So that qualified as a ride. So if you make it through eight seconds, then you'll most likely go into the next round because not everyone does. So if they don't have enough riders, then they take the next highest unqualified rides. Whereas Ricky in the one event made it through because he was on for 7.69 seconds. So he was the next highest who did not hit the eight second mark. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. how they scored is half the score goes to the bull, half goes to the riders. So they want a good bull because if you get a bull that doesn't buck, he won't score as high. Okay. You want that bull that has a reputation of, you know, throwing people off because you're like, well, I'm going to get on him because if I stay on, I'm going to score well because he's going to help me. Yeah. The bull is just as important as the rider. Yeah. And these are, as you see in the film, you see at different levels, like where Lil Ricky is riding 
it's pretty quickly obvious that those these are not the world class bulls that Ricky's been riding, but they're still dangerous. I mean, the well, danger is everywhere. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Little Ricky wasn't allowed because he wasn't old enough. Right, right, right. So all they did was for the film. He knew uh, they decided to bring a bull that wasn't you know as ranked. Yeah, and just for an exhibition. That's all yeah. it was. Yeah, but little Ricky wanted to get on regular bull, but Ricky would let him. As he said, no, son, it's too soon. But he wanted it because he knew the cameras were there. So little Ricky really wanted to jump on one of them, but he wouldn't let him. But now Ricky's little Ricky's full fledged because now he's uh, I think he's 21 now. Yeah, because we started when he was 15, turning 16. Yeah, he wasn't old enough. Once he turned 18, he got his pro card. He's 21. He's riding. Well, in addition to covering Ricky, little Ricky, Ernie, we also get an insight into his his life beyond that. Uh, His mom, Renee, who you mentioned. And Marilee, who is his wife, who seems like the ultimate support system person for Ricky to pursue what he wants to. And they seem to have a good family. They seem they a blended family. And uh, it's a terrific part of getting to know Ricky and uh, and really, truly fleshing out the kind of person he is, as you described him earlier, is as an honorable man. I just thought that was a wonderful part. He seemed to have gotten the full participation of the important people in his life. Yeah, and I thought that was important because anytime you dive into a story, a documentary about someone's life, you try to cover all the bases. So it was very important to talk about his wife and his kids and his past. And his mom was really a key. I mean, she came down for the one event. I remember I requested that. I said, can I talk to your mom? And he said, yeah, she'll do it. And she was interesting because we caught her off guard with a couple of questions. She didn't know about certain things. And the emotions that came out from Renee were really true, really crying. And when she said, I have nothing but regret, that pretty much told me everything. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but it's it's almost good that she can admit that so many years later. You know, like I made a mistake, son. I'm sorry. Well, and that's the film. Again, it sort of permeates the film is the honesty, the the fidelity to whether it be the rodeo, whether it be bull riding, whether it be family, whatever it might be. And for Ricky to have gone through the trauma, which we're not going to describe in all of its detail that he went through as a young man, is particularly lands in terms of uh, in terms of the telling of the story. Was this film mostly filmed in Canada or the United States? No, entirely in Florida. In Florida. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. Entirely. Yep. Entirely in Florida. I, I don't know why. I didn't yep. that up. Real quick, just sort of in a big picture kind of question about rodeos, bull riding and, and, and those, what I would call, well, I don't know what to call Western sport, Western, sure. you know, whatever, Western whatever, culture, whatever. I guess. Yeah. Western yeah. culture. <laughs> well, yeah. And it, and that's my question. You know, how much of the sort of the history, the ethos of the wild West plays into what we see play out in, in rodeo sports, rodeos and bull riding. How much, I mean, is it, is that what draws people to it? Well, I, I, I'm trying to understand. I mean, this is a kind of a throwback from a, a, from a previous time in our, in our country's history, but um, how do how do you think it infuses what we see on the rodeos? Well, I think rodeo is part of America's fabric. I've said that to so many people. It's like, it's, Rodeo date back, dates back to the, wow, I think the first recorded rodeo was like in the 1800s sometime. Um, so it's it's one of those things where it's just in Calgary, in Canada, there's the stampede and there's a big following. But in Toronto and in, in the East, I mean, 
you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who knows anything about rodeo. So to me, this was, again, I jumped into this. It was very foreign to me. So it was quickly established to me, like, this is part of Americana, if you want to say. Uh, there's so many rodeos all over the country. You could find a rodeo pretty much every weekend if you wanted to. I mean, if you don't mind driving everywhere. And this is what some of those guys do, actually, or did. Ernie right now is doing it. Ricky did before, where every weekend he'd be driving somewhere where there was a rodeo, whether it was in Florida, the Carolinas, Georgia, Colorado. Ricky would drive up to Chicago for a couple of events. So it's just, it's part of the fabric. It's just part of what America is, I feel. So yeah. I don't know if you can trace it to the Wild West, but you could say it is a time-honored tradition. Well, the idea of taming wild animals is something that is true around the world. South America, there was a, they have a rich tradition of what we would call cowboys. So the tradition <laughs> is something that is in some ways very broadly understood around the world, the idea of taming uh, animals for domestic use or just for entertainment purposes, even that's, that's not unusual. It is. And I just wanted to kind of hear what you had to say about it because it feels distinctly American. It's certainly in the way that we see it in the film. Yeah. That, that kind of history. And well, yeah. I, I, terrific. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film uh, documentary you. called ride till I die. And again, it will be available beginning on April 8th. Um, beginning, you can order it now, but it'll be available on iTunes and a number of VOD uh, platforms coming up. And uh, congratulations to you on the film. Congratulations for bringing me in to a subject that I knew very little about and mm -hmm. thoroughly entertained and compelled by the characters are, that are in the film. So congrats to, on that. Thank, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Let's not forget about um, these guys. Like They're very... Um dedication is is so uh, is a word that should be used to these guys more than anything because when we touched on the injuries of them as well yeah the long list of injuries they have and you just sit there and shake your head going why do you keep doing this and it's just when someone's passionate about something and they grow up on something and they really want to achieve something they show that yeah we could do this and no matter what it takes and the the, the film title right till i die just came like halfway through shooting because i kept hearing it from guys yeah yeah, absolutely. Why did I say that? It's like, because that's our model. I'm like, okay. And that's the film. Yeah, absolutely. The film again, Ride Till I Die. We've been talking with the director and producer, Tony Ramos. Tony, thank you very much for your time and come back anytime. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.